by Alex Meets Auto-Tune. You have to identify the song I am performing with technological help. Pay attention, players. And the child takes the nurse. The child takes the nurse. I fool the terrier. The child takes the nurse. What is the farmer in the Dell? Right. Uh, Alex Meets Auto-Tune 400. Listen. I come from Alabama with my banjo on my knee. I'm going to Louisiana, my true love for to sleep. Paul, what is O.C.? Alrighty, guys, and welcome to episode 35 of MTG Radio. This is Trevor. And this is Tom, and that was Alex Trebek auto-tuning right before us. We we really thought you would enjoy it, don't you think? I know I did. I enjoyed it a lot when I watched it with Sarah the first time. Then once I found it on YouTube... I yeah I, I'm very happy, but I can't think I can't even think about Alex Trebek right now because all I'm thinking about is Primeval Titan. Dude, seriously. So hey, we on. were like ready to record at 8 p.m. and then either one we were like feeling lazy, so we were like, why don't we wait until the spoilers at midnight? Right? They gotta spoil something good. Okay, they, so yeah. Hold on. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. If you don't want to hear spoilers, don't listen to. I would say like the first half of this podcast. I don't know how long we'll be, but spoiler warning, just letting you know. Go ahead, Tom. So, yeah, so we're kind of just shuffling around. Uh, midnight hits, and we see the spoilers, and there's two great ones that pop up. You have Gaia's Revenge and the Black Titan, and then Trevor's on on MTD Salvation, the rumor mill, and he sees this guy post, and his post is Primeval Titan, and it's like... It's for 4GG, it's a 66 trample. And then the ability that this guy posts is that. What he posted originally was whenever Primeval Titan enters the battlefield or attacks, you may search your library for up to two basic land cards and put them on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. And now, that's that's kinda ho hum. People were like, it seems awesome, but Yeah, but they, it's it's not it's not that fantastic, right? Yeah, and then Trevor goes, wait. Check out the visual spoiler. And yeah, yeah. I, be- I believe I believe the phrase is RTFC. If you know what that Re- read the friggin' card. And yeah. I, I will do that right now. Four green green, six six trampler. Whenever Primeval Titan enters the battlefield or attacks, you may search your library for up to two land cards. Yes, it's lands. And put them onto the battlefield tap, and then shuffle your library. Dude. He assembles he assembles Urborn Coffer for you. He gets a Valakut and a Mountain for you. He gets a Maze of Ith, Cross and Verge, any of your dual lands. He gets Crystal Quarry. He gets Reflecting Pool. He gets the Filter Lands. He gets whatever the hell you want. He gets Dark Depths. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that would even matter. He, I don't gets, a, he gets Dark Depths and Academy Ruins and and everything. He gets everything that isn't banned. So no Talarian Academy. But he gets everything into play tapped. This okay. For standard, I don't I mean I don't play standard. I don't think about this guy for standard, but Red Green Valakut or uh Turbo Land will probably be able to abuse this guy. I don't uh, that's not even what I'm thinking about because I'm thinking abuse. about slap him in the face and throw him in the dirt. That's how bad they're gonna abuse this guy. It's gonna be like a really bad Hallmark movie where like all the women get raped. That's what it's gonna be like. <laughs> Wow. But yes. That, oh. Primeval Titan, this this card right here made staying up till midnight worth it for me. I just built an Omnath deck. I don't care if I'm getting two forests with him. Like, <laughs> Dude, you can get Treetop Village. And 
something you get, else. You could get Gaius Cradle. I'm really glad they banned Hilarion Academy. <laughs> Hell yeah. This guy, people have been complaining about Mythics not being like what people thought Mythics should be. Like, Baneslayer Angel is just an aggressively costed great card. Now, this guy feels Mythic to me. He also looks really cool, and he has awesome flavor text. When Nature Calls, run. The double entendre. He also is a lot more appealing, just art-wise, visually. I, I don't know about you get when I looked at Frost Titan, it was it was it was flashbacks to the movie Watchmen, which I never saw. So I just don't don't ask me about it. Oh god, no. But yeah, my probably my favorite card so far. Um, I I really really adore Primeval Titan. Hell yeah! I, I think for EDH bar not bar none. I think he's gonna give the white the white titan a run for his money for best titan in EDH of the cycle. Well, black's also r- ridiculous. You want to talk about um, the black titan? Dealsies. Alright, so grave titan for four black black at the 6-6 six, six. with death touch. It's a mythic <laughs> rare giant. Whenever grave titan enters the battlefield or attacks, put two 2-2 two, two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield. So quick story, right? I'm watching Gigi's Live. It's the uh, St. Louis Standard. And Pat Chapin's on there, and he's like, you know what I would love? I would love for the Green Titan to be 4GG Trample or something, 6-6. When Green Titan enters the battlefield, put a 3-3 Beast into play. Or whenever he enters the battlefield and attacks, right? And everyone around him, you have Sam Black, you have Brian Kowal, they're like, nah, that's busted, that, that can't be good. Nine power, then when he attacks another three, that's unfair. And Pat Chaffee's like, yeah, that's too good. Then they bring out this guy. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, who's Black? <laughs> black putting two, two, two Black Zombies into play? This guy's busted. Like, damn. Yeah, so that's the other Titan. Um, We'll just go through the three cards that were spoiled today. And then we'll talk about some of the other spoilers, and then we'll get on to what we actually had planned for this episode. Um, <laughs> the other card that was spoiled today was Gaia's Revenge. Crazy card. Five red red, creature elemental, mythic rare. It's an 8-5. Gaia's Revenge can't be countered. Well, this is this card's awesome already. It has haste. Alright, cool. Gaia's Revenge can't be the target of non-green spells or, abil- spells or abilities from non-green sources. He has conditional troll shroud. <laughs> he has troll shroud unless people start playing Desert Twister. It's good enough. Yeah. I mean, um, he wait. He can be lignified. Thanks, Tom. Watch yourself. Um, he's an amazing card to play after Vengevine. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Then there's yes. uh the next guy would definitely be Rock Egg. Rock Rock Egg, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's it's it's weird wording, so I'm just gonna pull it up right now. It's for three and a white. No, it's for two and a white. It's a zero three defender. Uh, when Rock Egg is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, put a three three white bird token into play. So it's spelled R O C Egg, not R O K H Egg, which was for three and a red, and it was like a zero four zero three, and it did something similar. So, um, it's cool. It's it's an uncommon. The next card that I'm gonna mention is green because I'm on a roll with these green cards. Um, back to nature. It's one in a green. It's an instant. Uh, Tom, pop quiz. What destruction? Like what type of cards do people not pack enough destruction for in their EDH decks? 
enchantments and artifacts. Yeah, do you know what the text of Back to Nature is? Is this the one green instant destroy all enchantments? One and a green, so it's two converted mana cost. Yeah, it's the it costs the same as naturalize, and it's destroy all enchantments. That's really good. And um, the text nature is a mutable cloud, which is always and never the same. Rolf Waldo Emerson. I love real world flavor text. <laughs> Dude, we haven't talked about time reversal. <laughs> you mean time twister? Yes, I definitely mean Time Twister for five and a blue. For sorry, three blue blue. So another funny community story about this card. The art was spoiled before the card, and it kind of reminded people of Crucible of Worlds, because it's a guy looking out at like a bunch of planets and stuff. And the M10 art of Crucible of Worlds was like these two planets in an hourglass. People were like, oh my god, Crucible of Worlds are coming back. But no, as good. What do you think? Um, compared to good, Crucible. Good, but in a different way. Good, but in a different way. I wouldn't compare it to Crucible Worlds. I would compare it to Time Twister. I would, I would compare it to Time Warp before before Crucible Worlds. Okay, so Time Reversal. Let's get this over with. Three and a blue, blue for Sorcery, Mythic Rare. Each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library, then draws seven cards, exile Time Reversal. I I mean, I think it's awesome. Tom, Tom only likes it because, you know, everyone, everyone is going to play it, and he plays red. So he's mm-hmm. like... Time rehearsal me and I'm gonna burn you in the face. <laughs> that's that's pretty much exactly what it means to me. Like I'll I'll play it in blue red burn just so I can go. I'm gonna draw seven and kill you now. That's how this is gonna work between me and you. Honestly, I, I like the card. I think it's gonna make EDH games. Um, it might make them a bit long. Granted, it, it's not like the way this starts. It keeps the board the way it is, so it's fine. Which is nice, it, yeah. It gets rid of graveyards, which is also cool. Mm. But just having everyone refill their hands. Yeah, that's that's kind of bad for you. <laughs> so there's another card that's actually coming back. That's in blue. That's important. Oh, um, so you know talking, what I'm talking about? Are you talking about uh, ancestral visions? Or I mean, recall. Oh yeah, that's ancestral recalls coming back because blue needed discard. You know? <laughs> no. Mana leak, man. Mana Leak is back. Well, that that's that's that one that says like one in a blue. Um, everyone stops complaining that blue doesn't have good spells anymore, right? That's that's that's, that's, that's definitely the card. I mean, they're getting Mana Leak back. They have a four four flyer for four. If blue players complain anymore, we get to punch them. They have an instant speed draw spell too. If blues, they're just gonna start complaining about how they don't have trample or something now. <laughs> Every single color besides us gets trample. This is bullshit. No. Um, yeah, Mana Leak is being reprinted. One in a blue. Counter-target spell unless controller plays three. Um, it's not good in EDH. Just saying. It can I, be good. I mean, it's good in the early turns. You can you can counter early things, but to be honest, it usually sticks away from EDH unless you have cool art. Speaking of cool art, I think the art's kind of cool for this guy. Even though it has, like, a random guy without a shirt on just praising a sun god. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of odd. So Frost Titan, we have another Titan. Speaking of guys without shirts on, let's talk about Frost Titan. Um, after I talk about Frost Titan, let you can take Conundrum Sphinx. But Frost Titan is four blue blue for a six six. When he enters the battlefield, um, oh yeah, whenever he enters the battlefield or attacks, tap target permanent. It doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. 
And um, whenever he becomes a target of a spell or ability, an opponent controls counter it unless they pay two colorless. So that was disappointing. He's kind of the the most lackluster of them. He's still awesome. Don't get me wrong. He might find a home somewhere, but I don't. I don't really know. I don't like him too much. And he, his his art just he's making proud and it's <laughs> yeah, he is. Just look in the middle of the card and see what you see. All right. Talk about Conundrum Sphinx. Okay, so Conundrum Sphinx, Sphinx, sorry, he's actually getting a lot of hype. Uh, For two and a blue and a blue, it's a 4-4 flyer. That should be all you need to know. When Conundrum Sphinx attacks, each player names a card. Then each player reveals the top card of his or her library. If the card a player revealed is the card he or she named, that player puts it into his or her hand. If it's not, that player puts it on the bottom of his or her library. So, with Scry returning an M11... Um, with stuff like Crystal Ball and Jace, the Mind Sculptor, with his Brainstorm ability, Conundrum Sphinx actually gets really nutty for the blue player. It's also a 4-4 flyer for 4. Like, that's a very, very solid card. Am I right, Trev? I, I completely agree. I'll let everyone know Crystal Ball is... Uh, I'm surprised they didn't already have a card named Crystal Ball, but it's a 3-mana three, three artifact. It's colorless. One tap, scry two. Yeah, I'm I'm playing this in EDH in two seconds. I love this card. <laughs> it's uh, like it's kind of reminiscent of top to me. Yeah, just a little bit because you can put all three down and draw a card. But I I think it's great. I really 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 do. Especially if you can untap Crystal Ball and just go like nutty. You just go yeah, just filter through my whole entire deck till I get to a card. That seems kind of good. I mean, when I say it's reminiscent of top, I don't mean it's anywhere near as good. It does cost a lot more mana uh, initially, but I just think it's it's a good library manipulation tool. Yeah, I think it's a fair top, except you don't draw the cards. But I think it's fair. Yeah. You know, um, like no one's gonna complain that it's busted. Right. Uh, next card that I'll mention. I know we're kind of running through these, but we did actually have a full episode planned. So, <laughs> um, Knight Exemplar. It's mm. One white, white. This was a channel fireball spoiler. It's a 2-2 with first strike. And other knight creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and are indestructible. Wait, I'm sorry. Are they indestructible, Trevor? Yeah. If you have two of these, you win. Like, <laughs> If you have two of these, you block. I, I like him a lot. I, I don't really understand... I It kind of bothers me flavor-wise that they're having knights and soldiers... They're so close in terms of flavor. And to me, this is going to sound really dumb, but I think if knights should have an ability that spans them, it should be first strike, which makes sense, and or horsemanship, because they ride horses. Yes. Uh, I remember in Morning Tide with like the lesser lords, like you had the Assassin Lord and the Druid Lord and the Archer Lord. The Archer Lord was actually kind of decent. Uh, the knights had double strike. So I think that would have been cool. Yeah. It just it seems weird to make them indestructible, but I guess with Elspeth Knight Errant last ability doing the same thing, maybe maybe I'm just reaching for straws, but it works. All right, so continuing with the white spoilers, we have Squadron Hawk. It might not be great EDH fodder, but it's yeah, it's not even close to EDH fodder, <laughs> but it's kind of cool and limited. Uh, I I love limited with EDH so. Squadron Hawk for one and a white. It's a 1-1 one, one flyer. When Squadron Hawk enters the battlefield, you may search a library for up to three cards named Squadron Hawk. Reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. It's kind of simple. I want to build a ridiculous casual deck with, like, Squadron Hawk's Wheel of Sun and Moon and like, <laughs> Skull Clamp or something. I, I, I That sounds like it would really work. 
Like, I will actually. Myself, I play Squadron Hawk, I clamp it, I draw to play the next one. Awesome. I like that idea. Alright, so Red is getting a hand in this set with Combust. Do you remember what Combust does, Trev? Uh, Combust is the instant. Mm-hmm. It's one in a red, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. It can't be countered by spells or abilities. Mm-hmm. And it deals five damage to target white or blue creature. That damage can be prevented. And it's an uncommon. Yes. And it's um, awesome. My, my, my red deck got so much better. It blows up Baneslayer Angels. <laughs> it, it should seriously just say like one in a red destroy target Baneslayer Angel. I have a question on templating though. Yep. I why does Combust say Combust can't be countered by spells or abilities? And oh. the Gaia's um the Gaia's guy. What is it? One more one sec. Um, You're talking Gaia's Revenge. Just says can't be countered. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I just know stuff like Urta. Urtai, uh, Wizard Adept is two in a blue blue tap counter target spell, so this gets around that. But the other one just can't be countered, so I don't understand it. Maybe it's because he's a creature. I think it might be, maybe the difference between creature and spell the way it's worded, but it's it's just a silly templating question. Okay. That's very true. Thanks. Um, Hoarding Dragon was Pat Chapin's spoiler. Mm-hmm. I'm the biggest fan of this card, but I think it's good in EH, that's for sure. It's three red red for a four four flying. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact, exile it, then shuffle your library. When a hoarding dragon is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may put the exiled card into its owner's hand. Yeah, it really should have came into play. That would have been awesome. That would have been too good. Too good. When it dies, come into play. You there's so many ways to kill your own creatures though. But like. Oh yeah, you can get some really ridiculous things, can't you? I'm gonna go get Darksteel Forge. I win. Like, I, I don't think that'd be. I Never, you I mean, win. At least this way we can just get Sophie, right? Right. Sophie is probably Sophie or DK, something like that. Well, the problem is then if they exile it, you don't get it. Right, and that's why I don't like him very much. <laughs> well, then I guess I get to talk about Inferno Titan. This is the last guy in the cycle, right? Because we uh, talked about everybody else. Sun, yeah, we have. Alright, so Inferno Titan. For four red red, it's a 6-6 six, six giant. That's a mythic rare. For red, uh, it's got fire breathing. When Inferno Titan enters the battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage divided as you choose among one, two, or three target creatures and or players. Not a May ability. Just saying. <laughs> Alright, again. So if your opponent mind slavers you... <laughs> You have to act... Well, you can activate against them, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but you can... You're at three. Your opponent mindslavers you and attacks with your Infernal Titan, you lose. I am pulling those mindslaver shenanigans out of the wing line. I know, right? It's ridiculous. Alright, so we got a good green spoiler. Would you like to talk about the new Ravenous Bailoff? Um, I would love to. After this, well, we have a bunch of spoilers, but I do want to make sure we talk about the cards that they said weren't coming back. Yes. You want to mention those real quick? Uh, Siege Gang's not coming back. Um, Captain of the Watch is also not coming back. And neither is Essence Scatter, which I'm sure people are happy to trade that in for Mana Leak. And neither is Vampire Nocturnus, which people are rather upset about. Well, hey, you get Captivating Vampire. Although, Elvis Archdruid is coming back, and people think Imperious Perfect's coming back. Which is kind of odd, but anyway. Obstinate Bailoff. Two green green for a 4-4. 
I feel like we've talked about it before. Mm-mm. But in case we haven't, when it enters the battlefield, you may gain four life. If a spell or ability an opponent controls would cause you to discard it, put it into the battlefield instead of into the graveyard. Um, lightning, awesome. It's like green decks are gonna love discarding their creatures now. I'm gonna pitch Vengevine and Obstinate Bayloth. Gain four life. Yeah, that seems kind of good. Did you see the fixed overrun? I don't think it's fixed. I think it's good, but I don't think it's, it's fixed. It's rare. Yeah. So, Overwhelming Stampede for three and a green and a green. Until end of turn, creatures you control gain. Trample and plus X plus X, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. You see, the best part about Overrun, though, is that you can have, like, four 1-1 elves and an Eldrazi spawn token and Overrun and win. And win. Now they all get plus one, plus one and Trample. And I don't know how well people do with plus one, plus one and Trample. I I mean, I really don't know. I feel like it fixes limited because overrun was way too good and limited. Well, overrun was also uncommon and limited. Right, and that's why this card is rare because if you have any it's a remember, it's a five drop and now two drops in green have three three power. That's true. I think it balances out pretty well and I think it'll work. I think it's going to be fun for EDH too cuz then you can play overrun and overrun. That's true. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. I just went to the artifacts and I'm looking at Juggernaut and it's got such funny art. I do not understand why they even bother changing it. It looks like a steampunk pit bull, like it made looks, of wood. It looks so funny. I believe that's called a wood punk and um no lumber punk. Lumber punk. And waiting for Godot was tweeting about lumber punk all afternoon. I guess we can talk about Steel Overseer though. Yeah, um do you mind if I take this guy? Go right ahead. He's a one mana or pardon me, he's a one one for two mana. Artifact creature construct. Tap, put a one one counter on each artifact creature you control. He's kind of like an artifact creature lord in a sense. Definitely. And he does make himself a two two once you use his ability, but I feel like as a one one to begin with, he's kind of frail. Yeah, the fact this guy can get killed by spawning breath is kind of ridiculous. But, works great with modular. Yeah. Um, also, this is kind of an odd Juggernaut fact, but, you know, Juggernaut can't be blocked by walls, but he can be blocked by creatures with Defender. Yeah, that should definitely be templated. So, like, Perimeter Captain, who is a, like, a bunch of human guys standing in a wall formation, can block Juggernaut. But, um, Wall of Omens... Not a chance. Hey, man, those humans, they, they, they see the Juggernaut. They're like, yo. I think we've talked about most of the... Spoilers for M11. We've, we've already talked about Cultivate, but it's real, and it makes me really happy. <laughs> That's definitely a great way to put it. Is there anything else on that list you um, think we haven't mentioned yet? No, I really think we got everything. I'm really, really happy with how this... Uh, course that is shaping up right now. I uh, are you, I'm giddy. I'm like <laughs> downright elated. I'm so happy about this. The cycle of Titans is what has me the most excited, to be honest. Like yeah. I really, really, really would just want to go to the pre-release, get my free Sun Titan. I mean, pay twenty five dollars for my Sun Titan, and then hopefully open like a foil <laughs> Primeval Titan and just be the happiest person in there. You're ridiculous. I wonder how much you think that thing's going to go for. I have it's, no idea. it's going to be like doubling season. Doubling season, not good in any format, except kind of EDH and casual. 
but it goes for like ten bucks because everyone wants one. Because everyone has a deck that wants to play Double Wing Season. So we just finished. That was our M11 spoilers for the cast. Uh, I know we could, I could just keep talking about the Primeval Titan like all night long because he's kind of my favorite card ever. So uh, we're going to move on. And I know Tom wanted to talk about the differences between EDH and Commander because he's been recording videos and putting them on YouTube. And yeah, kind of it kind of got a little frustrated. Yeah, so there's definitely differences between EDH and Commander. Uh, I was surprised. I, I thought it would be like a full EDH port. I mean, it is a very fun format. They almost have everything down, but they're missing a few things. The first of which is that they don't have a Commander Zone. If you remember, Rift Sweeper used to be banned. I'm not sure if it still is banned, but it used to be banned because for a while EDH didn't have a General Zone. It, your Generals were in the Exile Zone, and you can interact with them in the Exile Zone. And that meant you could play Rift Sweeper for either one in a green and two in a green and put him to the graveyard. That's why he was banned. But in Commander, they're still in the exiled zone, so Rift Sweeper is still ridiculous uh, yeah. in it. So you can also do other shenanigans from Exile, and it gets kind of annoying after a while. That's one of the differences. Rift Sweeper is not banned in EDH. That's why it's not banned in Commander. Mm-hmm. Because if Commander had its own banned list, it would have Rift Sweeper banned because of the fact that e- that generals still use the exile. I was uh, I forget who tweeted about it. Um, but the the response from someone at Wizards was, yeah, I don't think they're gonna put in a, a commander's a command zone. I mean, it'd be so it'd be a big update for such a small facet. So, which sucks. I hope they I hope they do. Yeah. But um, so besides that, we have if you saw my tomorrow g- uh, match game, it felt like a match. It was a damn hour long, but game. At the end of the game, the green player playing Miri Cat Warrior cast Emrakul, then cast Crystal Shard. Uh, Crystal Shard is for three colorless, and it has for blue and a tap return target creature to its owner's hand unless they play one or pay three and a tap to do this. You can't do that in EDH. Um, so in Commander, if a card has like the text, also it's, it's um, really annoying. From what I've heard in Commander, if your cre- your um, general goes to the graveyard, then goes to exile. I haven't. No, actually, they fixed that finally. You okay, choose whether or not to go to the graveyard or exile zone. Okay, which okay. I'm glad they did, or else everyone would be running uh, Child of Alara decks. Yeah, because that'd be ridiculous. All decks can play Cabal Coffers and Urvarg because of the non-restrictions on colored mana symbols and cards tailing directly to the EDH colors decks. So that's really annoying that it only interacts off the casting cost. But You could actually build a good colorless EDH deck just by those two cards. Yeah. You could, that's kind of stupid. It's <laughs> definitely more than kind of stupid. So I was kind of annoyed by it. I was more than kind of annoyed by it. I got pissed at the end of the video because I lost to it. I'm not turned off of the format or anything. It's just, it's annoying to have that happen. By the way, Rhystic Study costs like ten bucks on Magic Online, so I'm not buying it for my deck. Just saying, random dude who said I should play Rhystic Study. Yeah, I mean, it's that's what's kind of keeping me out of the format because of those differences. I don't spend money on Moto. I play Giora Basic with Tom occasionally, and I'll draft once in a while. But other than that, I really I like paper cards. Just to me, it's more fun, and I like interacting with people more. So, 
I'm not going to play Commander. If it was the exact same as EDH, and if I like the user interface of Moto more, then maybe I would consider it. But mm -hmm. um, Speaking of EDH, I just built two new EDH decks. Well, just as in since we last recorded a podcast. Dude, no way. What were they? Wait, that was awesome. That was <laughs> that was the greatest reaction ever. Um, Omnath, Locus of Mana. How? Okay, I have a really good question. How has Omnath played? Because I remember when we first heard about him when World Wake was released, and we were like, "Oh, he's going to be a great EDA general." I said that with like an empty promise of, "I actually don't know how that's going to work out." Omnath so, is amazing. Is he? Okay. I'll name. I'll just name some choice cards from this deck. I cut down a lot of the the um, mana ramp to strictly la um, spells that put land into play. So I took out Sylvan Scrying because it's really unnecessary in a single color deck, and I focus more on rampant growth, growth spasm, um, Maduvi Acid Moss, um, cards like that. Some just choice good cards for the deck are definitely Aspect of Mongoose, which in case you don't know is. Um, one in a green, enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature came to the target of spells or abilities. So, Shroud. Mm -hmm. When Aspect of Mongoose is put into a graveyard from play, return Aspect of Mongoose to its owner's hand. Ooh, that's good. You're telling me. You should also um, play Canopy Cover, by the way. I I was gonna, I don't think I, I think I took it out, actually. Oh, really? Because I already feel like a jerk playing Aspect of Mongoose. Well, your deck is very general centric. It's like my tomorrow EDH deck can be very general centric, and it's the actually, Fluffa his E deck we're making is going to be very general centric. Um, you're you've like I played the deck and I thought it might be general centric, but because of the strict amount of ramp in the deck, it's not. It's it's, it's really not. Oh, it's um, great. It does play Eldrazi. That's why. Oh, because I can just ramp to Eldrazi, and I honestly think I might be taking them out. Like, I might put Artisan of Kozilek in and take out, um... I might leave Ulamog in, but I'll take out Emrakul. Yeah, that seems like a good play there. I because she's just annoying. Like, <laughs> it's not fun to play her. It's like 15, I win. Emrakul of the I win lulls. Yeah, but other choice cards from the deck are Whisper Silk Cloak, which is uh, three mana equipment. Most people know about it. Equipped Creature is unblockable and has Shroud. Equip cost is two. Um, some good spells for the deck are Woodland Guidance, three and a green, uh, sorcery, return target card from your graveyard to your hand, clash with an opponent. If you win, untap all forests you control. Remove, uh, remove Woodland Guidance from the game. That, That's, that sounds like fun. Yeah, and Gelatinous Genesis. Ooh. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, green XX, put XXX, green ooze tokens under the battlefield. Saying that just makes me feel dirty. Put XXX green ooze tokens down on the battlefield and call 888 Magic Gathering. Um. <laughs> oh, baby. Show me that Frost Titan. Mmm. <laughs> you remind oh. me of Eye of the Storm. Oh, yeah. Testosterodon is really. <laughs> Terastodon? Testosterodon. What are you talking about? Anyways. Uh, he's, he's really good in the deck. I used him earlier when I was playing against Kellen. Uh, Caveman Kellen, and I blew up his Arborg and or no, I blew up his Cabal Coffers. So I that's know, that's um, definitely worth a three-three elephant. Yeah, and um, that's really the Omnath deck. 
it, it, it seems like it would focus around Omnath, but it ramps so fast, like wood, um, woodland elves, farven elves, just other... It ramps so fast that it really isn't that... It, it isn't really that uh, Omnath-centric. Granted, Omnath is awesome, mm-hmm. but not focused solely on him. So if I uh, if I put Omnath on the bottom of your library, you wouldn't like auto-lose? No, not at all. Not at all. That's good I, to hear. I always build my decks so they survive that, because my first EDH deck, Rafiq, really just auto-lost if I lost Rafiq. Um, the other deck that I build is Rexio the Risen Deep. Oh, I've, two seconds. I've, yep. Do you play Seer Sundial in the Omnath? I Seer Sundial? Um, I don't have it, but I'll put it in because I'm taking out Emrakul. Seems good. Because yeah. it's a, you know what it is, four colorless, landfall, pay two, draw card. Oh, well, yeah, it is good because of all the ramp. Yep. Okay, I'm going to definitely put that in. Thanks, Tom. Um, the other deck that I built was Rexiel Risen Deep. Now, Rexiel I've wanted to build since I opened a foil one in my box of Worldlink. Um, it's three blue, blue, black. Legendary Creature Kraken. I posted this on Twitter when I made the deck. Whenever I play my general, I'm obliged to say release the Kraken. Oh, um, most definitely. It has Island Walk and Swamp Walk. It's a 5-8, and whenever it deals combat damage to a player, I can cast an instant or sorcery from that player's graveyard without paying its mana cost if I do exile that card. I've I've heard a lot of good things about Rexfield decks, but I've always heard that, like, if you play against just, like, green fatty decks and Naya decks, that they don't really have stuff you want to return. That's it. That's the exact problem that I've been having. Like, I tried to test it against my, um, my Omnath deck. Mm-hmm. It's... You know what I ended up doing? Playing Rampant Growth a bunch of times? No. I ended up where Knowledge Exploitation... Mm-hmm. I played my Knowledge Exploitation to play his Primal Command... And then I primal commanded, and then I like attacked with Rexiel, and I, I had the one good spell in the deck to play from the graveyard. <laughs> but again, in general, this deck is kind of more built for multiplayer, and it's based around controlling things other than creatures. Uh, it doesn't play a lot of control magics. It needs a bribery, because I don't really own one. Um, yeah, bribery is the sickness now. Now that now that you're running around. Bribery is like your only defense because it's a good offense. <laughs> I'm getting some choice cards out right now. Uh, I do play, and this is going to sound weird to a lot of people, I'm sure, but uh, what's it called? Corrupted, uh, corrupted ground, contaminated ground. Sorry. The one in a black turns something into a swamp. Yes. Uh, it turns off certain lands. That's the best part. That's why, like, I don't feel bad when people play Spreading Season EDH. Yeah. It seems Sp- like it's a bad play, but it's like you're getting rid of one of their best lands. Yeah, I play Spreading Seasons as well. Um, like I said, the deck's about controlling things. I play Mind Slaver because you gave me the the awesome art one for the holidays. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. I don't play um, Academy Ruins, though. I'm not a jerk. I just play Mind Slaver to take control of a turn. That's it. A single one. That's That's all you need. Yeah, I'm Just not gonna. One. Yeah, I'm not gonna be a jerk about it. Um, another card like Spreading Seas and Contaminated Ends that I've been testing out is Shifting Borders. What does that do? Three and a blue. It's an instant. Exchange control of two target lands. That seems like fun. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I figure it can stop someone from really using a utility land, and it can also make sure someone has an island or a swamp if I want to. You can also really mess up blockers if someone's using man lands. It's like, no, 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 no. He has your blocker, you have the attacker, nothing happens, and your mana's screwed. Um, like I said, uh, I like playing stuff from uh, other places besides my hand, so I play Memory Plunder, which is uh, four Demir. Blue-black, 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 blue-black. <laughs> Yeah, I fucking grabbed it. Uh, you may play target instant or sorcery card in an opponent's graveyard without playing its mana cost. Like I like I mentioned before, I play knowledge exploitation. I also am an avid fan of acquiring things from people's decks. Yeah, there was people used to play Darksteel Colossus instead of Emrakul, so it used to be like, "I'll take your Darksteel Colossus, please." But now yeah. it's just like, "I'll take your Sword of Fire and Ice," <laughs> which is still awesome. Uh, the two best cards that I have to say in the few games that I've played with this deck, and these are going to sound really silly, and their best is in Hidden Gems for me, mm-hmm. are for the past, which is Black X. It's an instant from Rise. Exile X target cards from target player's library, or graveyard, sorry. For each card exiled this way, that player loses one life, and you gain one life. Oh, that's, that's yeah, so for the past, that card is great. It's actually a hidden limited gem, too, if you can believe it. Like, especially if you have a deck that goes to the long game, people acquire stuff in their graveyard, and you can just, like, blaze them for six. Yeah, and you gain life. Mm-hmm. And then the other card, I told you about this one earlier when we first got on Skype. It's Flesh Rither. The only card in the game of Magic with Transfigure. Um, it's Black Black 2 for a 3-3. Three, three. It's a 4 can burn a mana cost, which is important. Um, it has Transfigure for one black black. In case you don't know, Transfigure is... You can pay the Transfigure cost, sacrifice it, search your library for a creature card with the same kid for a mana cost, and put it into the play. Then shuffle your library. You can only play it as a sorcery, which is a, definitely a detriment, but you can get Clone, Sakashima, Architects of Will, um... There are, you can uh, get Corlash. Yeah. In my deck, you can... You can get Bane of the Living if you need it for whatever reason on <laughs> Morphed. Uh, there, it's just a really versatile dude, and he's a lot of fun. He's kind of unexpectedly good. I- I'm gonna find more four drops and put them in the deck because of him, pretty much. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Any questions you have about the Rexiel deck, really? It sounds like a lot of fun. I would almost want to play discard so you can unfill people's hands, if you know what I mean. But that seems kind of annoying. Like, playing Delirium Skies seems good in that deck. Each player discards two cards? Yeah. Just because it'll make people discard stuff from their hand, and hopefully you get some good spells. I'm just not an avid fan of discard. Yeah, me me neither. Like, it feels bad playing it. Play, like, Siphon Mind instead. People don't hate you when you play Siphon Mind. That, uh, like, I feel bad that, uh, that... when I play discard in EDH, but I realize I can be a jerk when it comes to building casual decks because I found out that I have four Dark Rituals. Oh, you do? And three Innocent Bloods and three Priest of Grit, like Priest of Gicks or whatever. I want to <laughs> play a Hypnotic Specter. Um, just, just a stupid black deck, pretty much. <laughs> just for casual. Definitely. Just for casual. Those are, those are the new EDH decks. That's really the important part. Um, I'll put the lists for them on our Facebook group. Oh, snap. Did you just say Facebook group? Yeah. We have a Facebook group now. The It's in the show notes, it, mm-hmm. along with our Twitter, email, and YouTube. We'll get to those at the end of the show. 
But normally we we sometimes try to put it up in the show notes, but it clogs the show notes a lot. So I'll have these up. I can't promise by tomorrow. I got work in the morning, but sometime soon. So I'll put both of these lists up, as well as I have Rith, which I know um, I'm pretty sure is Penanuva. I'm checking Twitter right now. But yeah, um, someone asked for the Rith list. Yeah, Penanuva uh, asked for a Rith deck. So I'll put up the lists for my decks on the on the um, the Facebook group. Yeah, and it's also a good way to get in contact with us if you wish to. You can also email us and Twitter us if you wish, but I know I'll be checking it at least once a day, maybe more, and so will Trev. So. Yeah. We forgot General of the Week last week. Do you believe that? I, I I don't. Well, it happened. So we decided, let's actually study the General of the Week this time and give you a really good deck. That's a joke. We always study them. But this one I actually think is really good. It takes a General that people have almost been scared to play, Guafa Azid, and it turns it into a deck that abuses the ability. So let's start with the guy, Guafa well, Azid Profiteer. Before we start, I think that we have definitely have to shout out to Norbert. Because he, um, Norbert88 on Twitter, he gave us a lot of help. There were a bunch of people tweeting back and forth about what we should use for the general. We didn't end up picking what Norbert tweeted. We ended up picking, um, I'm gonna get the name of the person who gave us the general just out of courtesy. It was Omar Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Also, our first Facebook fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's not including me, Kellen, or Tom because I invited us to the group. So our first Facebook fan that was un in like not directly invited, so we thank you very much, Omar. And that's why we picked Guafa. But Norbert um, helped us find a bunch of different blue-white thieving magpie variants, and Tom will explain why. Alright, so Guafa Z Profiteer is for one white and a blue. He's a legendary human rogue. Uh, he's also a 2-2. For a white and a blue, put a bribery counter on target creature you don't control. Its controller draws a card. Creatures with bribery counters on them can't attack or block. So he passes out free. Pa- he passes out pacifisms. That's fun to say. Um, but he also lets your opponents draw cards, which is never fun. So a lot of people don't like playing him. I remember he was actually my first EDH general, Guafazid. I was just like, I had a foil one, and I was like, hell yeah, first EDH general, because I didn't really take it serious. But anyways, uh. So we decided we want to kind of offset uh, your opponent's drawing cards because you're passing out pacifisms. And we realized that the best way to do that is with Thieving Magpie variants. If if you making your opponent unable to attack or block means that you can attack in, then you better be drawing cards to offset the cards you're letting them draw. Thieving Magpie variants straight from the mouth of Norbert88 to your ears. Um, one of my favorite favorite, favorite uh, ones is actually Augury Adept. Shadowmore, whenever Augury... It's a 2-2 Kithkin Wizards for one blue-white, blue-white. Whenever Augury Adept deals combat damage to a player, reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand. You gain life equal to its converted mana cost. So, she does really, really, really good things. Yeah. Then, of course, we have the classic Ophidian... Um, which is for... Is it two and a blue? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, for two and a blue, it uh, it's a 1-3 snake. Whenever Ophidian attacks and isn't blocked, you may draw a card. If you do, Ophidian deals no combat damage this turn. That's the classic. Then there's Thieving Magpie, which, as everyone knows, is... 
which everyone knows is, come on, Trev, you got to know Thieving Magpie. It, it's, I don't. It's two and two blue, right? Yep. Um, it's a a flying, it has a bird creature type. Yes. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, or whenever, is it combat damage or damage? Combat damage. No, it deals damage. Whenever Ooh. it deals damage to an opponent, you draw a card. That's better. Yeah, and it's a 1-1. One, one. Besides making up for the draw, which... Uh, oh, wait, sorry. Talk about Ninja of the Deep Hours. So, Ninja of the Deep Hours... The Ninjutsu effect is really good when your opponent can't block. Yes. Because it ensures that the creature is going to get in, and with Ninja of the Deep Hours, it ensures that you're going to get his effect. Yeah, so uh, Ninjutsu for one and a blue, it's three and a blue for a 2-2 human ninja. Whenever Ninja of the Deep Hours deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. Um, there's also, I'm just going to read them off, Surker, Spellblade, um, Ophidian, Scroll Thief, Scholar General, Looter Elcor, just some other ones. One that I wanted to mention that wasn't on there because it doesn't necessarily draw you a card, but still effects that trigger on um, dealing combat damage to a player, Thada Adele. Definitely good call. Yeah, she's in blue. You can play her with Guapa. I feel like Guapa would be a... Can, like a kind of a controlling deck, and you'd use little creatures to sneak in, like Thada. You could also play, play prison type cards like um, propaganda. propaganda and ghostly prison. Yeah. Um, another card that'd be really good if you're sneaking in attacks is Quiet as Spike. Yes, definitely Quiet as Spike. Um, this thing hits hard and fast. So for three colorless mana, it's and equipment. It's a rare from shards. You probably have one if you ever drafted shards because no one picked it. Equipped creature has death touch. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses half his or her life rounded up. So this can drop a guy from 40 to 20 in one swing. It's great. <laughs> it's really, really, really great. Yeah. Uh, you could also, like, you could play legitimate pacifism in the deck if you need. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily... High tier on the cards no. that I play. Anyways, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Thousand Year Elixir. This is a card from Morrowind that is actually really good in this kind of deck. It's uh, for three colorless. You may activate abilities of creatures you control as though those creatures had haste. And then for one and a tap, you can untap target creature. So you can just have your Guafa just start passing out pacifism all over the place, which is fun. Also, um, I'm going to make up for the pacifism remark because pacifism is great, but Fate's Fetters is better. And Arrest is even better. Than Fate's Fetters? I've always liked Arrest. It was one of my favorites. I'm, I'm, I'm partial to it. I mean, I love Arrest. I played during Mirrodin when it got reprinted, because it was originally printed in Mercadian Masks, I believe. But Wow, that was good. <laughs> I think. I might be wrong, so don't don't tell me I'm good. Um, no, I, I just like Fate's Fetters because you can do it on Planeswalkers. That's kind of a shell for the deck. If you have any ideas or want to throw some input at us, feel free. We'd, we'd really enjoy it. I know Tom's first deck was a um, Guafa deck, but it wasn't really because of Guafa. It was because of it the was, colors. Yeah, because it was white-blue. Um, Trevor, uh, when we were coming up with the deck, I was like, Trevor, there's got to be a card that moves around counters. And Trevor goes off the top of his head, yeah, Leech Bonder does. So Leech Bonder was a 3-3 Merfolk Soldier for two and a blue. Leech Bonder comes into play with two negative one, negative one counters on it. And then for blue and an untap, move a counter from target creature onto another target creature. So you can move around those bribery counters that Guafa gives. By the way, when Guafa leaves the battlefield, 
all those creatures with bribery counters can attack again. And then when he comes back on, they're back on the pacifisms. So you might want to play stuff like um, Teferi would be a good thing to play. You're also going to want to play Vidalcan Ori so that you can flash in Guafa at any time when you need him. That's a good one. You could play Graceful Reprive to get him back when he uh, when he would go to the graveyard. And it's, um, a, you're it's a blink variant that isn't blink. You could even play blink because you have both colors and blink is awesome. Hell yeah. And then um, if you want to use Leech Bonder to pass around negative one, negative one counters, you can play Mind Over Matter. It's evil. But it actually works out really well if you have one bribery counter out and Mind Over Matter. You can just tap the Leech Bonder, play a blue to untap him and tap him again and basically tap down your opponents by playing a blue to do each and just pass around bribery counters. But that'd be evil, so you should never, ever, ever do that. Yeah, you could also use Mind Over Matter to untap Guapa, too. Yeah, that seems good. <laughs> but I, I'm not a fan of Mind Over Matter. I feel like it, it lends itself towards degenerative combos and... And the zombies familiar decks and stuff we just don't want to talk about. Yeah, but, um, actually, actually, it is something that I want to talk about because Benny Smith just wrote an article about it, but... I'll mention it. No, go right ahead. Benny Benny Smith, he's a good good member of the EDH community. Yeah. Um, There was the the hashtag on Twitter, you might be an EDH DB if... Which was getting... Go ahead. Which stands for... I'll I'll be the foul-mouthed one on this one. Uh, You might be an EDH douchebag if... Oh, my God. Douchebag. Bad words. Which was... Okay, it, it was started... I don't remember exactly who started it. I think it, it was MTG Color Pie. I'm looking on his article right now. But mm-hmm. it was basically just about, like, ED, douchey EDH plays. Um, if you play Armageddon, Decree of Annihilation, Jockalops, and you know you have no way to win afterward, um, you use Mindslaver and or Academy Ruins to lock someone out of the game, you cast Time Stretch... You, you copy Time Stretch. You play Shazerad, you copy Shazerad. <laughs> you you run Pickles Lock, you run Arayo with Arcane Laboratory for added debaggery. Like, it's just this whole list of douchebag stuff. And he, um... He had... He posted this at the end of his latest article, You Like the Juice, on Star City. And he also posted a link to, um... Someone else's blog. It was... I'm trying to find the name of the blog right now. Just hold on. Gifts Ungiven. And the the, uh, the blog in question, the blog he wrote about, was this drives me away from EDH. This whole blog is about the um, the you might be a D-bag if hashtag and how the two things that turn him off for EDH. The first is deck design, where he feels like it's just how you, you throw random cards in a deck and it reminds him of when he first started playing Magic, which I entirely disagree with. Yeah, that's definitely not true. When you first build your when you build your first EDH deck, it might be like that, but as you build yeah. more, it's not like that at all. Once and you realize the subtle like intric- intricacies of being able to replay a certain creature with definite game changing abilities more than once, like the fact that you can reliably have Thraxymunda on turn seven in every single game means you can build a deck around having Thraxymunda out on turn seven every game. I wish to slap this person with my hand. And then the second one is exactly the kind of sentiment that shows up on this Twitter topic. What the general gist of the, the blog post was, was that he doesn't, the author doesn't like unwritten social contracts, where there's a bunch of people sitting around an EDH table, and one of them is newer, and one of them is more spiky, 
and wants to play Dracolops and not have a win condition, or wants to play a Storm deck and go off. And the thing is, like, I, I really understand where this author is coming from. I can't say he's wrong in any way. I just say, like, I feel like um, if you're playing EDH, you shouldn't be playing to just win as fast as you can or do something, like... I, I honestly feel like the format should just be fun. You should have fun with the people around you. Yeah, that's that's the idea of EDH. That's that's why for a lot of people it's a it's a reprieve from playing stuff like standard or extended or double standard or legacy or vintage. It's like this is the format you play when you just want to have fun. This is the format that judges who have to deal with magic rulings and stuff like humility all day play to have fun with the game again. Like I've I've heard stories from judges like because I I used to hang around Sheldon and you and you would just hear a story of a judge who was like I was about to quit the game, but then I found EDH, and it brought me back to liking the game. Like, it's yeah. it's the ability to play the stuff you want, to be able to have as much fun as you want. That's the idea behind EDH. For a lot of people, EDH was a saving grace for Magic. For for them, Magic was getting to the point where they didn't want to play anymore, then their friend goes, hey, why don't you try out EDH, and you're back in it in two seconds. It's It brings back the childlike... Like, when you first saw Crawworm, and you were like, oh, this card seems awesome. Like, I first saw Scaled Worm, and I was like, holy mother of God, this card is the best thing ever. Like, I, believe, I believe the correct phrase is holy mother of runes. Sorry, holy mother of runes, this is the best one drop ever. Cool. Is the best one drop ever. Second of all, um, no, EDH is supposed to be fun. I know we, we try and preach it as much as we can. Um, that's why we we totally agree with the idea of you might be an EDH douchebag if... Um, I'd, I, it also feels bad if you say stuff like, if you want to do these things, though, go play a different format, because you can't. So, I think the person who wants to play Jockle Hops, or wants to copy Shaharazad, or wants to do any of those things, sure, do an EDH. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Don't expect to not have your playgroup hate you for it, like, a little bit more. Like, in casual, it might be fine. Like, it's like, oh, that's a deck he's playing, it's his Jockle Hops deck. But in EDH, it's kind of like, this is the deck, this is the the format where people play Dinner the Fire Herd and like ridiculous stuff like that, where Memory Plunder is a bomb. I mean, it's a fun format. So if you if you look at the list, a lot of the things that make you an EDH douchebag is stuff like that limits players from doing what they want to do. It's and, it's like when you played against your first blue all counter spells deck. It's also well known combos like Earthcraft Squirrel's Nest. Uh, Benny writes in an article. He told a story about how, or he, um, he related a story that some player played Earthcraft, Earthcraft Squirrel's Nest and killed everyone with a billion squirrels. And then the next week, he killed everyone with, uh, let me read it. Um, the following week, I was, I killed everyone with my Karthus deck by putting a ridiculous number of hasty dragons into play that killed people one turn and then finished the last player the following turn. The difference between the two, and this is what he's, um, trying to stress is, one combo is way overplayed. Like, it's overdone. It's not cute. It's not fun anymore. I mean, it might be fun. Like, the way I try to look at it is if, if you want to be killed that way, then you can do it. But just realize that other people might not have the same opinion of you. Being killed by a bunch of different hasty dragons is different than being killed by a combo that is entirely overdone. Yeah, definitely got to agree with that one. I feel like it, like Sheldon's ruling, uh, Sheldon's point system is a good way to scoot around this, but there's also the detriment of people just playing to the points. 
at that point. Yeah, um, being in that exact league, there were definitely people who played to the points, but it wasn't stuff that it was like playing to the points was bad. Um, if, if you ever li- if you ever read some of Sheldon's articles, Sheldon Menery, um, it'll have stuff like these are the points that are league that are league are using, and it's never stuff like combo off first to win. You know, yeah. the The idea is to play. If you're playing a combo, play a combo that people aren't used to. Play the Leech Bonder Mind Over Matter Guafa Hazid combo. <laughs> yeah. Play that combo. No one has heard of that kind of combo. They're like, uh, what are you doing? That's the kind of combo you want to see, not something you've seen 5,000 times that you picked up off a website. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I can't say that the, the author of, um, of, like, Gifts Ungiven, Alec, Alexander Sheary. I can't say that he's wrong because he's really not, and I understand people. I just don't want people to get the wrong idea. I'm not going to hate you as an individual because you're playing cryptic, like. Or no, I was going to say because you're playing strip mine crucible of worlds. But if your only purpose in the game is to keep recurring strip mine and blow up everyone's lands, and if you're the only one having fun, I think that's where you have to draw the line. At least in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Like. Uh, in my EDH game uh, that I posted, um, somebody played Stone Cedar Hero Font, which is two green green, uh, one one human druid. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, untap Stone Cedar Hero Font, and it has the ability of tap untap target land. They played that in Thawing Glaciers, which is get all basic lands out of your deck. And I was like, I've never seen that before. I'm not even close to mad about it. That's awesome. Like, I had never heard about this. I don't know anybody that actually plays this. And it was amazing. I was like, whoa, this is so cool. I want to do this. Like, that's the kind of stuff you want to see in EDH. You want to see stuff that you can't do in other formats. And no other formats is Thawing Glacier plus Stone Cedar Harafond going to be good. Okay. I'm going to wrap up this, just this discussion with the end of Benny's article. And I do want to give a big shout-out to Benny. Um, This is... Your articles about EDH are the ones that I always look forward to, yours and Sheldon's. There are very few EDH writers, and it's just really great. So I I applaud you immensely. But uh, the the article ends with, So in choosing cards for your deck, ask yourself, is, it, is this card interesting and novel? Would I have nearly as much fun losing to it as I would winning with it? Is it a card that people might need to read when I cast it? Will it make the Red Zone a wild and woolly place to engage? Will it make a great story that other people will want you to recount to other people? Those are the sort of cards that will steer clear from subjective douchebaggery. And if you keep all, if you also keep clear of fundamental douchebaggery, you and your friends will have fun in EDH. I think so that's I think, a great way to put it. Uh, like that, 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 all the credit goes to Benny for that paragraph. But I do, I'm going to put the link to the article in the show notes. Um, I'll put the link to both actually, in the show notes. Um, that sounds like a great idea. So, if this is the end of the re- end of the episode, I suggest we tell them where they can get in contact with us. Sound like a good idea? I completely agree. Alright, so, you can follow us on Twitter at MTG Radio. Uh, Twitter.com slash MTG Radio. That works too. I'm <laughs> um, sorry. Then you can find our Facebook page. We'll have a link to it in the show notes, but I believe if you just search up MTG Radio, you can find us. It's kind of simple. Uh, email us at mtgradio at mtgcast.com and send us hugs. I don't know. 
talk to us. We like to talk to people. If you have questions, if you have speculative ideas that you're wondering, hey, is this is this an EDH combo that's going to make me hate it out of my play group, or is this just something that's that's cute and novel, or something that sounds really good? Um, let us know. If you have questions, let us know. If you have ideas behind a general, inform us. I mean, for a while there, I didn't think that Hakeem Loreweaver would be a good general, but he ended up being great. Which, speaking of which, that's definitely our general of the week for next week. And give credit where credit is due. That's from Norbert. Yeah, that's definitely Norbert88. But thank you very much. And if this is the end of the, if this is the end of the podcast, cue Trevor. Um, it is. But just one more thing. I, I have to say it again. Whenever Primeval Titan comes <laughs> or attacks, you may search your library for two land cards. You put them onto the battlefield tag. Just land. He doesn't say basic. He's awesome. This is Trevor. This is episode 35 of MTG Radio. And this is Tom. And thanks for tuning in. I still can't believe it's land. It's ridiculous. I completely agree.